Welcome to the Lemons and Pineapples podcast. I'm your host, Emma O'Brien, personal development coach, heart math practitioner, dog photographer, and entrepreneur. In this podcast, I share tools, strategies, and amazing guest interviews to help you improve your mindset and your well-being with a sprinkle of fun and probably some mention of dogs along the way. So without further ado, let's squeeze the day. Hi, folks. Welcome to episode 31 of the podcast. Today, my guest is career coach Lisa Virtue, and we'll be talking about how to identify and make the most of your transferable skills when it comes to pitching yourself for promotions and new jobs. But first, a little bit about Lisa. Lisa is a certified international career coach with over 20 years of experience in leadership. She's dedicated to empowering women throughout their career journeys. Lisa specializes in helping professionals build skills and confidence in their communication at work and when in a job search. As an entrepreneur and proud mother, Lisa blends professional acumen with with a heartfelt understanding of the balancing act that defines modern career women's lives. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me, Emma. I'm delighted to be here. So I would like to start off by asking you, what exactly are transferable skills when it comes to being in the workplace and it comes to um, up-leveling your career? Mm-hmm. Great. So I'll start with up-leveling your career. Um, a lot of people worry about stretching themselves into a position they've never done before. And so when we talk about transferable skills, it's what are those things that you have been demonstrating that will transfer into an up-leveled situation? Um, And then in addition to that, when people are looking to make a career change, a lot of us go through multiple iterations of our career journey, then that's a very similar situation. What have you been doing that can transfer and connect with that hiring manager to say, look, I can do this job because I've done these similar situations over here or similar projects. So it's anything that you can take that will say, I haven't done this role in particular, but I have done skills that can transfer into showing you that I'll be successful in that new role. Yeah. And I think we often underestimate, don't we, what transferable skills we we have. I've often uttered slightly in jest that uh, having worked for myself for almost 20 years, I'm probably unhirable. And the reality is I'm probably not because I think running your own business gives you an awful lot of skills that, that you take for granted. Um, even things like managing a busy household, I think, takes quite a lot of almost project management and planning skills. Um, Mm -hmm. So for someone who's listening to this and thinking, you know, there's a promotion I'd like to go for, or there's a career change I'd like to go for, but I don't think I I can do it. How, in in your opinion, does a person start to identify those transferable skills? Mm -hmm. Great question, because there's a lot of ways you can go about it. Um, so I'll touch on three different ones. One is your your colleagues and your personal network, people that you trust that you can reach out to and just have that conversation and say, I'm thinking about a career pivot or I'm looking at this promotion. Here's what I know about it. Here's what I imagine the day-to-day would be. How do you think I could pitch myself or do you see anything? So getting someone else's perspective that is close to you can be really powerful. And then any stretch assignments you've done. So very similar um, 
piece to that is looking at the work you've done internally. And that's where colleagues come into play and former supervisors or current supervisors, if they're um, supporting you in a promotion or looking at you to consider applying for that promotion. And the second one would be um, a coach, right? Someone like myself or you, Emma, somebody that can be an unbiased party that can pick apart the data, look at it factually, know how to look at a job posting and understand what that day-to-day looks like if you're struggling to really understand it because you've never done it before. Someone that is in a space or a mentor, um, but coaching can be very unbiased. Mentorship, it's hard to get someone to give you that time and that, that attention. And then we have biases all around us with our friends and family. So sometimes they don't tell you the authentic truth maybe, or they just don't have the expertise. So that's when when you're not cutting through and you're thinking there's something else here, looking to a coach can really help with that. And then the third thing is using AI to help you. So chat GPT is one that I like. Um, it is has a free version. So I work with my clients on unleashing the power of AI. Of course, it's a tool. So taking it for a grain of salt and making sure that you iterate on it. But it can even say you can take a job posting and put, paste it in and say, please tell me how my skills could transfer into this new role and then paste your resume in. And so it can show you things you might not have uncovered in the past. I use this as a tool too, just to make sure I'm not missing anything with my expertise. Um, So that's one way you can leverage a tool that is completely unbiased and is pulling a lot of data that's out there. But again, it is just a tool. So not relying on it or thinking, okay, yeah, chat GPT said it. So it must be true. Making sure you're also using real humans to, to look at those qualifiers and look at the transferable skills. I think that's quite interesting. I think with the, with the, with the arrival of AI technology to use it like that, um, do you have an example that you have done with somebody recently where you've used ChatGPT and they've been really surprised by what's appeared out of that? <laughs> I have so many examples, um, but I'll give you one that is very popular right now. It's a lot of people that are in a space that maybe they're looking to go fully remote or they're wanting to uplevel their skills and have honed in on like project management or product management because there's a lot of remote options for those. Um, not as many as there were a couple of years ago, you know, the market has taken a slowdown right now, but a lot of people are looking to switch into that because they've got, they've uncovered that they've got the, the human skills they've been doing project management and their operations role, et cetera. And so I had a client recently that we, she's in operations at a manufacturing facility. She's thinking, how in the world could I transfer that to tech online in a remote company? And so we've been working together, looking at all the projects she's been managing, looking at those transferable skills together. She's been talking all three things I mentioned she's been using in this example. Um, Her colleagues looking at maybe their stretch assignments she can take, getting their opinions, looking at her views, talking to mentors at work, and then using me as a, a professional to also pick through all of that noise. And then all the noise online, what roles would really match and suit her personality and her skill set. So what does she like to do and what is she good at? And then we, w- we went to chat GPT and we said, okay, so let's take this job posting and let's take this over here. And she was amazed at saying, oh my gosh, I am doing it. We've been talking about it. I trust you. However, <laughs> seeing like a robot tell me that too, was just more validating. It was kind of fun. Um, and it also brought up a few you know, phrases that we could take. And the, 
the phraseology of it all, I think is really fascinating because then it can unblock you. Like if you have what writer's block, you're trying to figure out, well, okay, I know I have this. I feel like I can do it. How do I articulate it? How do I put that on a resume? How do I put that in my LinkedIn profile? And so that's where it can really um, quicken your pace and kind of unblock you and make it simple so that you're not stewing and spinning a lot. Yeah, I think that's an amazing way to use it. And I think that's something that often trips people up, isn't it? The phraseology of things. We don't want to write something that sounds like you've regurgitated a dictionary, but also you don't want to write something that's kind of oversimplified. Because I think, uh, you know, I, I've, I notice a trend, especially with women, of really dumbing themselves down in terms of talking down their, um, you know, their achievements. Men seem to do this very very easily men seem to show up and just go hey look at me I'm great and and women sort of don't want to do that um and I think that's a really great way of being able to objectively help somebody get in touch with their strengths and articulate them well and I think sometimes when we have an external opinion of our own brilliance suddenly you go oh yeah okay mm-hmm. yeah I can do that and I think it's a great confidence booster for for people as well one thing I did um I was working with a coach a few years ago who asked me and it properly put me out of my comfort zone to send emails out to some of my clients in my photography business and ask them for feedback which was terrifying because for some reason I'm sitting thinking god I'm going to get horrible feedback which I didn't but it was asking you know what do you like about working with me and where could I improve and I got some really wonderful feedback of, you know, we really like you because of X, Y, and Z. It was great uh, content to start putting into my website, into my marketing material that I wouldn't have thought of using. And I also got some very constructive feedback of where I could be better. And mm-hmm. this it was, it was an absolute game changer for me. So I think this piece of asking colleagues and asking friends, you know, what, what, what is the number one thing you would call on me for, or I'm sure you'd articulate it better as, as this is your area of expertise in, in asking. But I think that's, it's so important to sometimes get that, that external feedback. And then like you say, working with a coach to be able to go through that and say, this is great. How do we, how do we reword this? How do we really use this, especially on a resume to, um, you know, sell yourself and sell your skill set. Yes. We overcomplicate so much of our lives, don't we? Yes. <laughs> so true. Um, that's brilliant. I've, you know, when I was in leadership roles too, and we would have programming, athletic programming, wellness programming, and instructors would get so nervous about doing surveys with our clients. And it's the same thing. 99% of the time, it was brilliant feedback. And the people that wanted to complain would have already done it. (laughs) They would have already complained. So soliciting the positive feedback is a really good way And when you're talking about resumes and opportunities, it's the same thing. Who is your client? Who do you work for at work? Even if you're in a support role, we always have clients and people that we work for and work with. And a lot of, for instance, that project management um, transition I was mentioning, vendor management is huge with project managers and being able to rely on vendors. So a lot of times when people are looking to leave their role or upskill, talking to external vendors that you've worked with is a really great way to get that feedback. And and then you build your network even more. And now they know that you're looking. Um, So there's a lot of power to that, just asking for sure. 
Yeah. And then you touched on something else about women that I would love to um, just mention too. It's so true. And I see this with my clients as well, that this imposter syndrome, especially when you're looking at transferring your skills or up leveling or looking to go for a new role that you've never done, that imposter syndrome really leaks into the picture. And you're right. I, you know, there's a lot we could unpack in a different conversation about women versus men, but it's just societally, we've done that to our, our girls, unfortunately. Um, and men is a whole different way. We've encouraged them to speak about themselves and be confident. So unpacking your own imposter syndrome, again, looking at facts and figures and feedback from a very objective way. I think that's also that power of chat GPT or other AI tools. And one other thing I need to mention about those tools is that they will bring back sometimes made up things. So keep your eye on all the detail of what it tells you, because it could say, you know, I've enhanced this, or I'm trying to remember the phrase that it's used recently. Um, essentially, it was, I added in some fictional response to highlight how your skills could transfer. So just keep your eye on that too, and just make sure that what you're reading, you can confirm. <laughs> yes, that's it. And don't just copy and paste it out of chat GPT exactly. and pop it straight up there because it might have lied to you. Um, I've got a funny story with chat GPT, which is slightly unrelated, but uh, I've got a, a friend who works in the dog wellness space and she asked mm -hmm. chat GPT to write a blog post about um, the benefits of ashwagandha or some other herbal adaptogen. And it came back with, I'm sorry, I'm not able to offer you medical advice. And she messaged me, she's like, I've broken chat GPT. Since when did it not <laughs> offer advice to anybody? It just, it obviously pulled up a handbrake on its own set of ethics, which was really funny. So um, mm -hmm. I find it quite funny with what you're saying, that it might tell you something completely fictional or um, depending on what you ask it, it might not tell you anything at all. I'm sure it's not very applicable to career yes. stuff. But I just thought it was just the funniest thing. She's like, I need it to help me. And it's just told me it won't. Yes. yes, I've encountered that too. I like to use it a lot for different things. Yeah. Oh dear. So for for people who are listening and they're going, this is great. Um, I can get some feedback. I can have a play with chat GPT and just fact check it. And I could... Um, I could survey clients if you run your own business. It's, I mean, I think that's such a great exercise to do at any given time because it's just great to get some, it's great for improvement points and most people will be constructive. I think the majority of people wouldn't dream of being nasty. And like you say, anybody who's got something horrible to say will leave you a Google review or have told you already. Um, when we have that information and it comes to actually talking about it and I think talking and writing is is one is one thing I think when you've got the phraseology it's quite it's quite well, I say it's quite easy it's much easier when you've got some nice phraseology but what advice do you have for people who have to talk in person about their mm -hmm. amazing skill set which everybody will have one how do we do that more confidently without I think, again, this comes down to a, a being female piece without sounding arrogant or full of ourselves, because aren't we told often, you know, oh, you know, it's not, not nice to brag, but sometimes we need to. So what's your <laughs> advice on, on, on doing that confidently? I love it. So I'm actually working on a course right now called Kiss and Tell Your Story. 
And so it's keep it simple, silly. I'm not allowed to say the other S word because my daughter says that's a bad word. <laughs> so keeping it simple is the hardest thing to do in any job and any conversation. And I, I talking again about the difference between men and women. I see this a lot with women where we tend to chatter or go on too long in an interview, for instance, and then that breaks down our confidence because then we're thinking, oh no, I'm still rambling. And did I get to the point? Did I even answer their question? And now all of, you know, we multitask in our heads so much, all of a sudden the noise in our head overpowers the here and now of what we're trying to answer. So really practice, practice, practice is a big one, but keeping it simple. There's some formulas out there of like, how do you introduce yourself at the interview? If you can really nail that introduction and make it relevant, keep it under two minutes to engage your audience. That's a really good setup for the entire interview. And that also leads into networking. How do you network with other people and tell them what you're looking for in a way that's not boastful, but it does show confidence and show that you're, you know, you're a relevant person for that skill set um, and build your credibility. That's really what we're doing with networking. We're quickly building credibility and connecting with the other party in a way that is authentic to us. So the way to do that is to keep it simple, follow a framework. There's a lot of them out there. And like I said, I'm building a course as well to build this out so people can have a really simple process to follow. And then when they do that, practice, practice, practice. Um, I say practice with yourself, your animals or Zoom. You can record yourself and watch it back up to 30 times before you ever practice it on a human because then all of those talking points are going to be sticking in your brain. Um, when I say 30, some people don't make it to 30. That's okay. As long as you're aiming to do it quite a bit and then get in front of a human and try it out, but practice with yourself first. I see a lot of people write it, write it, write it. And like you're saying, Emma, when you write it, it, there's a very different way to say those pieces and it's not as authentic. It feels robotic when you read it back. So that's why practicing it and then get rid of your script. Don't use a script, use like bullet points if you need them just to remember your pieces or your frameworking. But then after that, get rid of the script and just have a conversation. Um, yeah, so the practicing, I think more than anything is really important. And people overlook that a lot. They think I'll just wing it, I'll do great. Yes, and I think that's it. And like you said, then you end up sort of blabbering and then going, oh God, I'm blabbering and then getting really self-conscious and then you feel like an idiot and and it's, and it's you kind of want to go and slink off into the corner. And when I used to do, and I haven't been to a networking event for, I don't know, years, but when I used to, when I was in the UK, I used to go to quite a lot of networking and you had to get that elevator pitch down really very succinctly of I do x I help people with this so that they can do um you know whatever they do um I'm just trying to think if it's completely disappeared from my head in in the Martha Beck coaching program I did we had to create um what was called an xyz statement so it's something along the lines of I do x um so that why to help people do Z. So it kind of, um, and and I actually found it really difficult to not have a really bland statement. I actually, I sat with one of the other, one of my other coaching colleagues working through it because mine were like really boring. And I'm thinking, wow, this is really dull. And I I tend to get very caught up if I'm writing stuff down that uh, 
all of my kind of creativity disappears a little bit. And I think that's when the value of working through it with somebody else really comes in. Of just adding some fun adjectives in there somewhere, you know, and just kind of jazzing it up a little bit. Um, but it's something I found very, very, very challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so much easier to clean someone else's house, isn't it? It's Absolutely. Easier. I have the same challenge with my own branding and I can have 50 iterations. And I get excited about all of them. And I'm like, I have to pick one. How do I do that? Yeah. Um, so very sim- same concept of working with a professional that knows how to create that framework for you. Yes. There's so much power in that. And so personal branding, similar to branding a business, but different frameworks, right? So, because you have to connect to a person that's hiring you to get the return on their investment that they hired the right person. Yeah. And it could be a little vague. Maybe it is a project management or support role where it's not as obvious that you're solving a problem, but you're supporting others. So there's a different way to framework it. Yeah. Um, I spend, you know, at least an hour, sometimes two sessions with my clients on this topic in particular, because pulling out the right questions, a coach can do that, right. To pull those questions out, find those little stories, connect the dots for you. And then there's so much power and I call it a hook. So at the beginning of that, tell me about yourself. What's the hook to draw your audience in? So those interviewers, for instance, if you're at an interviewing um, situation, being able to say, this is my hook at <laughs> the very beginning. And people lean in. You can even see it on Zoom. They kind of lean in. They want to hear more. It's like a movie trailer, like tease it up and then tell them why you're qualified very quickly and then hand the baton back to them. A lot of people struggle with that too. Like, how do I, what do I even say when I'm done talking? <laughs> how do I give that conversation back? So that art and flow of just little phrases within and finding that hook for yourself. Yeah, a lot of power in working with someone else on that. Yeah, and I think that's that's uh, I, I like what you shared about um, <laughs> writing it down, or perhaps not in my case, but um, talking it out with someone was far more useful than me sitting on my own writing my boring little statements and then going, oh, I don't think I'm that boring, but I've just made myself sound really <laughs> dull. Um, is bouncing ideas with somebody, and then, like you've said, is standing in the mirror and saying it out loud. And saying it with confidence, because I think, again, this has been something I've been talking about with people recently as well, is oftentimes it's about being confident when you deliver something, because people kind of buy into, oh, this person knows what they're doing, because they've delivered it really brilliantly. And that just comes with practice. Anybody, I think, can, can confidently talk about what they're doing which heightens your chances of being hired, being promoted, um, being booked, whatever, whatever you're out there trying to do. It's, it's in the delivery. I think a lot of it with, you know, what you say is important, but, but very much how you show up and do it. And um, sometimes you have to show up scared and just tell the scared to be quiet in the corner for a moment, just, you know, and, and, and really kind of go for it. Cause I think that's what's, that's what sells a person often is just that confidence level. It's very true. You're right. Because if two people come in with similar qualifications and even similar stories and introductions, and they maybe both don't have that hook or something unique about them, the one that's delivering it better will connect better for sure. And we want to hire people that we connect with. We feel like we can communicate well with and that we like at the end of the day, quite frankly. Yeah. 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 And I think people that we believe will do the job 
confidently confidently <laughs> yes so uh super super important uh lisa thank you for for sharing this i think this has been a really really useful episode and there's a lot of information here for for people to um listen back to take some notes go and have a bit of a play with these statements start asking people what do you think are my kind of top three skills that I've got? Have a play with chat GPT. And then if you need some help, talk to a coach and start to idea bounce a little bit just to really refine that statement. I think also refining a CV is sometimes having another set of eyes over that and helping mm-hmm. you really flesh that out is really, really useful as well. Um, where can people find you? online Lisa for people who are looking for career guidance and obviously um I don't think this course doesn't sound like your course is quite ready yet but where will they be able to find it when it is yeah it should be ready um in 2024 the beginning of 2024 so depending on when this launches this episode um so lisavertuecoaching.com or you can find me at lisavertue on LinkedIn I'm very active on there and there pretty much every day would be great. And if you want to email me directly, you can email me at lisa at lisavirtuecoaching.com. Amazing. I'll put all of those in the show notes for people as well. Um, and then folks, yes, yeah, so have a look out if you are, if this is something that's really interesting for you, have a look for Lisa's course that's coming up. She's an expert in in career coaching. So she's the person to talk to if you're looking for for assistance with that. Lisa, thank you very much for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me, Emma. We could talk all day. So thank you for keeping it concise. Thanks, folks, for listening. I really hope you've enjoyed today's episode and I will see you next time. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed it, please share with your friends and be sure to leave me a five-star rating and review, especially if you're listening on Pine Apple Podcasts. To find out more about my one-on-one coaching, please visit my website, which is emmaobriancoach.com. And remember, folks, when life gives you lemons, you can always choose another fruit. See you next time.